You are listening to episode one of the Practice Brave podcast. Welcome to the Practice Brave podcast. I'm your host, Brianna Battles, a strength and conditioning coach and the founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism. The Practice Brave podcast brings you the relatable, trustworthy, and transparent health and fitness information you're looking for when it comes to coaching, being coached, and transitioning through the variables of motherhood and womanhood. If you're a pregnant or postpartum athlete or a coach working with this population, this show is specifically designed for you. All right, let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the first episode of the Practice Brave podcast. I'm Brianna Battles, your host. Today, I've invited my business project manager, Lucy Cantley, to join me. For this first episode, we thought it would be fun to turn the tables and have me interview Brianna so that you can all get to hear her amazing story and how pregnancy and postpartum athleticism came to be. Brianna is a California native who has always had a passion for athletics and fitness. She played college water polo before graduating with her degree in kinesiology and master's in coaching. She's worked professionally in corporate wellness and coached Division I water polo. But Brianna, your story really shifted when you got pregnant with your son, Cade. Can you share a little bit about your experience during that pregnancy? Hey, Lucy. Thanks for being here with me. Makes it so much easier to record something about myself (laughs) when I'm not just winging it. So yeah, when I was pregnant with my son, Cade, which was almost seven years ago, there just wasn't a whole lot of information out there about how to navigate training. And I still felt very much like an athlete. I was a coach. So I felt pretty confident in what I was doing. And the messaging out there was very generic, which was like, listen to your body or don't lift over 20 pounds. And people thought that lifting was crazy during pregnancy. Or on the other, I guess, end of this spectrum was some extreme messages and examples of like, you are a badass. You were made to do this train for birth. And if you were doing it before, you can keep doing it. It's fine. And so obviously, like I gravitated toward that message and example and guidance because that's what felt most familiar. And that's also what I wanted to hear. And that's what I wanted to do. So when I was training through my pregnancy, I didn't, I mean, I made some modifications, but for the most part, my goal was to maintain as much as possible because I was so afraid of like losing this athletic ability. But when it really comes down to it, I was more afraid of like losing aspects of who I was because becoming a mom was a huge transition in my life. And I didn't want to let go of who I was and everything that I enjoyed doing. And so there was just like, I think a lot of fear and anxiety around that. And the gym was what I felt that I can control. And what I was doing is something that I felt that I can control. But it was, it was definitely a time in my life where I was about to learn a lot of lessons. Totally. Can you share a little bit about your birth story as well? Because you had certain expectations going into labor and delivery with Cade and things didn't go quite according to plan. Right. You know, and so I obviously value health and fitness and in all things, I really want to do what's quote unquote best for myself and for my kids. Back then, my version of best and healthiest was to try to have a natural childbirth. And, you know, I really didn't want to have an epidural and God forbid I had a C-section, you know. And in the community, I was really surrounding myself with birth community and fitness community. It was like, well, that's 
that is what's best. And now look, I am so against that message because best is relative. But again, we're talking like seven years ago, it was this effort to have you know, no medication and, and having a baby naturally was obviously the best way to have a baby for mom and baby. That's me. That would mean that I would bounce back faster and all of these things that were told. And so I ended up having an emergency C-section after a very, very long labor and traumatizing experience. And I mean, I was pretty devastated because again, I had set myself up for, you know, this expectation of how I would become a mom and what would be healthiest and best for me. And so then I was just really intimidated and disappointed. And those are really hard emotions to enter motherhood into where you feel like everything you thought was going to happen just absolutely did not go to plan. And so there was guilt associated and there was the trauma and nothing felt empowering going into motherhood. And I just look back on that. And and so it makes me sad, not because of how Cade was born, but because of how I had set myself up for this certain like best way or right way. And then when that didn't happen for somebody like me, it was devastating. And so I have had to work very, very hard in a lot of ways to shift how I feel about what best and healthiest means because that's it's very different to different people and i feel like if i would have given myself a little bit more grace and surrender during that time it would have made a world of difference recovering from his birth both mentally physically and emotionally absolutely can you share a little bit more about how you transitioned your training during that first postpartum period as well So I wanted to sort of reclaim this process. Well, if this didn't go according to plan, um, well, then I absolutely want to make my postpartum. I just want to reclaim that. I need something. And so I was very adamant about my training and I was very adamant about breastfeeding because I felt like those two things were within my control. And I could, if I worked hard enough, I could basically like counter the the disappointment and the anxiety and the depression that I was experiencing. And so when I was cleared to work out again, I I mean I did. I did start what I thought was like slow and intentional. I look back now and I'm like, "Oh girl." But again, it was fueled by this desperation to not look like I had a baby and to just feel like myself again. And then but nowhere in there was there any respect for just being okay with where I was and adjusting to motherhood. I was trying to almost out-train everything I had just experienced and just get back to normal, just get back, just get back. And so, you know, and then hold on with breastfeeding, like, because, oh God, if you did not have the birth you wanted, you better not give your baby formula kind of thought. And again, this was a lot of the message that I was surrounded with, which was, you know, breastfeeding is what you must do. And it was just a struggle for us. And I did everything. Like I was neurotic about pumping and this and that and eating this and drinking that and just trying to really not fail at something else. Obviously there was a lot of mental health things happening and I just, I didn't really know that at the time. I just was feeling very anxious to get back. And, you know, I kept blaming being tired or having a difficult baby on why I felt the way that I did. But I used exercise and controlling what I was eating to help negate a lot of those feelings. 
And it didn't really get rid of the feelings. It just made me feel good about something else. And I needed that. I almost like needed a win. And that's what it was. But ultimately, that was not helpful because I pushed my body too much too soon. I didn't know what diastasis recti was back then. And I really trained in a way that aggravated the diastasis that I had in pregnancy, which is again, it's a super normal aspect of pregnancy. And if you follow me on Instagram or social media through the years, you know, I talk about this heavily, but I didn't, I didn't know back then. I know what a diastasis was. I didn't know that it was problematic. Nobody told me to be mindful of reintegrating into my training. It was like, you're cleared, hit it. And I did. So it wasn't until I was about a year postpartum, very low body fat. And I just felt like something about my body and my abdomen was not right. It's not that it, it, it wasn't about having like loose skin or stretch marks. It was really just like, you know, something about the shape of it or my belly button looks funny that I just couldn't fully understand. And so that's what kind of ignited this quest of information about my body has changed. My life has changed. I'm finally sort of coming out of this, this darkness and I need some more information. Absolutely. So how did that experience uh, through your pregnancy and postpartum inspire you and also shift your perspective as a coach? Uh, I guess I just realized that there was little information for women like me. And I didn't feel like this weird outlier of an athlete or coach. It was like, I guess I just felt like someone like me should have known better why didn't I know better? And what could I do differently? Why didn't my coaches know? And then I just, I was kind of angry and resentful because I just felt like I'm not this outlier. Why was there not information? And it really sparked the become who I needed kind of effort. So I started researching and collaborating with as many different people as possible to just learn and connect dots because none of this existed seven years ago. There was no pregnancy athleticism or pregnant athlete or postpartum athlete. Pregnancy and postpartum athleticism was not born until years later. So none of this jargon existed whatsoever. And so it was through taking my background in strength and conditioning and the coaching and amazing mentors I've had. And then connecting with a lot of different women's health, physical therapists and pelvic health physiotherapists that I was able to just start creating more information and connecting dots that felt relatable for women like me as a coach and as an athlete. Really trying to navigate this messy middle of if I didn't know how to adjust training in my pregnancy on behalf of my mental health and long-term performance and core and pelvic health function, who does? And back then, like, no one really was not not in this particular way. So this is around the sort of time in your story that you started working on your for, first course, the pregnant and postpartum athlete. Can you talk about that a little bit more? Yeah, so I started that course because I was sharing so much of my story and process on social media. And back then, I guess social media was not what it is today, and I definitely did not have any kind of following like what I did. But I was still getting, or like I do now, but I was getting so many emails from people and messages saying, oh my gosh, me too. What do you know about this? What do you know about that? And just asking questions and so much of the, yeah, why didn't anybody tell us? And what are you learning? And what do you know? And so I was finding that I was writing very in-depth emails 
every night and knowing that there had to be a better way. And I did not know anything about online courses or businesses back then, but I knew that I could not keep up this business model any longer. I needed to, you know, I was coaching locally at that time and that was all I wanted to do. I only wanted to coach a couple hours a week because I was trying to also be home with Cade. So I felt like I was very pulled to doing more and I just did not know what that looked like. So I figured, okay, I guess I, I, I'll make an online course. What does that mean? So I had somebody help me learn how to do that. And it was, it was a step, right? Like that was a step in the direction of, I have a website now, I have this resource. And if nothing else, people will have this to go off of. They can listen to this and at least they won't be able to say they wish they would have known what X, Y, and Z is and how to make certain adjustments during pregnancy and postpartum. That's what I wanted was just a, basically, here's a heads up from a coach and from an athlete who gets you. And so I created that and it was, it was successful because people were like the feedback I was getting was that they were grateful to know, and they were grateful to have some sort of context beyond listen to your body, do what you've always done, or you're cleared, right? Because we're given just generic information and doctors don't always get what we do or what we want to do. So they're giving generalizations and CrossFit coaches or whatever, running coaches also just tell you, well, listen to your body or just like, you know, do your thing, do whatever you're comfortable with. So it's very, it was very general and I wanted to create something that was a little bit more specific. And so that really ignited the online aspect of my business, which is now the majority of everything that I do. So this is also around the time that you made the decision to try to get pregnant for a second time. How was that pregnancy with Chance different than with Cade? Well, I was really afraid of having another baby. I was afraid of what that would do to my brain. I was afraid of what that would do to the creativity I had found in my business and in connecting with people. I had finally rehabbed my diastasis. So I was afraid of what that would do to my body again, because I knew like, it's almost like I was super susceptible to this injury again, right? Like, so there was a lot of intimidating factors there. And I just did not know if our family dynamic could withstand me enduring that again. And I didn't want to do that to Kate. I didn't want to give Kate a mom who was miserable and neurotic, you know, like, so, so I just felt a lot of fear, a lot of guilt and just so much anxiety. And it took a lot of hard conversations with my husband and it took, I think just this effort, which is what ignited the name of this podcast, which is like I had to practice brave. If I believed that I was brave, if I believed that I was resilient, if I believed that I was trustworthy and and brave enough to to do the things in my life that I wanted to do, I had to practice it really imperfectly. And so I chose to have another baby and that was one of the that was the bravest thing I have ever done in my life. And I'm so grateful. And I'm not just saying that because everybody wants this like Cinderella story, but chance and my pregnancy with him was an opportunity to to have a different experience because I was a new person. I was not the Brianna Battles from, you know, 3 years prior. I had come I I was born too. When Cade was born, he birthed a new version of myself and it wasn't easy, but it it really created the person that I am today. And this sounds like so cheesy. Like I I can't even really believe I'm saying this, but 
um, it really like who I was 10 years ago, even, you know, eight years ago, six years ago is not who I am right now. And I am so, so grateful for all of that. And it made me appreciate my pregnancy more with chance because I was able to do things differently. I was able to create a different message that resonated in a positive way rather than a like, no excuses. You're a badass kind of way. Like, look what I can do. Like there's, we're of so much more worth and substance than that when we are pregnant and trying to make healthy choices and, you know, for pursuing fitness in whatever form that might be like that it doesn't, we have nothing to prove to ourselves or others. And I got to walk that spectrum again and walk it differently. And that was really rewarding. I was also, of course, very intimidated about birth. And so I controlled what I could and surrendered to everything else that I could not control. I had a doctor who really just loved me and supported me and heard me. And she made sure that my anxiety was uh, countered because she gave me the opportunity to to take control. You know, I talked to her about wanting to have a gentle cesarean. And at the time, that was not standard practice at my local hospital. And so a gentle cesarean is like a clear drape, skin to skin in the OR, delayed cord clamping, things like that, where it simulates basically less of a surgical environment and more of a a nurturing. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, they had music and whatever. So I got to talk with, you know, somebody who's pretty high up in the hospital and made my request. And I told her about my experience with Cade and being back in the hospital was really triggering. And I mean, I just, I started crying there talking about it and I hadn't cried in years over that birth. And so just talking with her, she's the head of labor and delivery, actually. She told me that she would do everything in her power to make this experience everything that I deserved. And hearing that and feeling just so supported changed the rest of my pregnancy, knowing that, look, I can't control what happens, but I know that I have people that that are here and want to do what is, and want to just meet me where I'm at right now, which is I'm coming from a place of fear and I'm already scared to have this baby, but people are willing to do what they can to make the most of this. So my doctor was wonderful. I had a scheduled cesarean August 5th of 2017. I had the best staff who just like, I just felt so mothered in that situation. And Chance was brought into the world. I got a play-by-play, which like I absolutely loved. I'm like, oh yeah, tell me everything that's going on. And then they sat me up, dropped the drape, and Chance was able to come straight to my chest. And it was just this surreal moment. And I don't want to say that it was healing, but it was just, it was so affirming that like C-sections have such a bad reputation and it does not have to be that way. Like emergency versus planned is so different. And I'm really grateful for the way that both of my boys came into this world because it has humbled me and it has given me such perspective on birth and um, the significant process that it is and how it can be both beautiful and both traumatizing in the same kind of environment. But it's not how the baby comes out. It's how you feel in that moment. And and the support that you have can make a really huge difference. So it was a really good experience. And I also feel like my postpartum recovery with Chance was, even though like, man, my body took such a hit with him. He was another 10-pound baby. And I'm 5'3 for reference. So I just carry my babies. Like I grow them into my belly button. It's just great. So 
I also felt supported in my postpartum process because I knew what to do and I knew what was in, within my control of how to navigate that process. It wasn't this like, there wasn't so many question marks this time. Like I knew what to do. I was confident in my process and I was confident in my team. And so that made the world of difference. So let's hit the rewind button just a little bit um, (laughs) because during your pregnancy was around the time that you were working on and then you launched Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism, which is your course for coaches. Let's talk about that a little bit. How did your business evolve from coaching athletes into coaching coaches? Yeah, so I decided to launch the biggest course of my life when I was also probably the most anxious (laughs) just during my second pregnancy with Chan. So good timing always with me. I knew, again, because I was hearing from so many different people, their questions, just their stories. People share their life with me. It's amazing what happens in my DMs. And I just was like, wow, you know, I can have a great reach by speaking to athletes, but I will have, you know, there'll be so much more of an impact made if I can coach coaches to go on and implement support and help and resources in their community. So it's not just me trying to get in front of people or on their screen. It's the coach that they're going to having more context and information, education, and ability to just be this first line of defense. And so I guess this started out as it was in a different form, a different version of pregnancy and postpartum athleticism existed. That didn't really pan out. And that was, it was really, it was a struggle. It was heartbreaking because I didn't feel like I was, who am I to make this course, right? Like I'm just, I'm just a coach. I'm a mom. I'm pregnant. I'm, I've learned only so much. I'm still learning. And again, I just had to practice a little bit of brave in order to take the step and say, you know what, like, if not me, who else? And what is that really going to look like? Because what I share is different and it is for a different audience. I resonate in a new way and a different way for a lot of people. And so if I can get into the ears of coaches, I know that it will have ultimately a really positive impact. And I one, one thing that I am good at is building a team and really cultivating a culture and leading that. And I, I know that, but it was still very intimidating. Uh, thankfully, I had some awesome colleagues that were, that were cheerleaders in this process that really helped support me and tell me like, yes, you, yes, do it. Oh gosh, it was so hard. <laughs> created that course when I was very, throughout my entire pregnancy, I was creating that course. I was interviewing, I was creating slides, recording audio all hours of the day. It was like whenever Cade was napping, I was trying to like knock out audio and not have my dogs bark. And it was just chaos. And I look back on that and say, thank God I just did it. Because now I'm like, oh man, it was just not good. But it was so good for what it was and what we had back then. And I'm grateful. I'm so grateful. I launched that the very end of May of 2017. And at that point in time, I was like, you know, I'm just grateful that I did what I said I was going to do and it's done. It exists. It's out in the world. What happens now is like, whatever. Like I didn't have, you know, an email list. I didn't have any kind of marketing strategy. I was just seriously, I just posted it to like Facebook and social media and Instagram it was like, so I made a thing guys. And like, that was it. Like, So from a business perspective, it was just so, it was such a baby. And so was I. So 
I launched that and I couldn't believe that people were buying it. I just, I remember sitting at my computer crying because I'm like, I cannot believe people are buying it. I think I was crying because I was, I was grateful and I was crying because I was like, oh my God, it felt very intimidating. It felt very scary, very vulnerable, I suppose, to put so much of my brain and heart out there and know that it could have a significant implication and hopefully in really positive ways. And we can fast forward a couple of years now and say, hell yes, it did make a significant difference. I'm so grateful for that version of myself and that version of the course. And those people who said yes to me early on before they had a ton of reasons to say yes. And so I'm very grateful. And now it has built and be, been completely redone, like a hundred percent redone. There's, there's so much from that first version that I was like, yeah, nope, <laughs> not anymore. And so the 2.0 version of that course has been in existence for a while now. And I, and I'm very proud of the amount of information in there, the people who were able to contribute to that course and most importantly to the coaches and people that are becoming coaches and practitioners. And just, we have such a variety of coaches who are enrolled in the course, who are now certified to coach pregnant and postpartum athletes, who are just doing incredible things in their communities, both online and in person around the world. It it blows my mind every day. And I am just forever grateful. So I was just trying to think of the numbers because we looked at this back in spring of 2019 of how how many people has this course reached now? And at the time it was over 400 coaches and I think we're like far past 500 now. I think it's we're over. actually close to 700 coaches. Wow. And it's, yeah. It's- like it still blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, I cry every launch. <laughs> <laughs> and it I think when we we asked coaches like where are you in the world and there was at least 15 different countries and growing. So this is not just something that's impacting North America and predominantly right. English speaking <clears throat> countries, it's impacting coaches around the world and therefore athletes around the world. Right. It's um, been incredible. Just incredible and so I felt so alone for so long in what I was thinking, what I was doing, how I was feeling. And now I am every day surrounded by people who are on the same page, who get fired up about the same things, who care about the same things. And it is just, is so affirming to have a team. I've been on a team my entire life and to be able to do that as a grown woman and professional and mom and know that there are people who are in this with me. It's just, it is so affirming and it really gives, I think all of us, the confidence knowing like it can be so intimidating to be in your community and trying to be this like change maker and to share and to do and know that you're not alone because you have this community, a truly a team that is supportive of what you're doing because they're doing the same thing and we are not in competition with each other we are collaborative and it is just it has become an incredible network of like-minded coaches and professionals who are on the same page and rocking it in every single way so i was just thinking a, a recap of of how your products, I suppose, have come to evolve. So you started with the pregnant and postpartum athlete, which provided the sort of education and information that athletes needed to empower themselves to adjust and modify during pregnancy and postpartum. 
And then that evolved into a how do we take this information and uh, cater it actually towards coaches so that they can provide that same support to the people that they're coaching. And then over time, you also had high demand for programming. So you've developed your eight-week postpartum training program uh, that gives a very specific set of workouts to essentially rehab after birth and ease back into training in a way that supports especially like pelvic floor health. And then in 2019, you also launched with Heather Osby, the pregnant athlete training program, which is a 36 week training program that is completely modified through every different stage of pregnancy and and is designed to support pelvic floor considerations and mental health and the, the sort of physical aspects of pregnancy so that you know, women can continue to train during their pregnancy without necessarily doing something that could potentially harm their long-term athleticism. Have I missed anything? Yeah, those are all of my products. And I'm so grateful that I have this umbrella now, like pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is now a brand. And it is this umbrella that supports so many different resources and programs to fit different needs. Like you're a coach, I got something for you. You're pregnant, I got something for you. You want to follow a program? Cool, I got you. Postpartum, yes, follow this program. You want just the general stuff, just kind of tell me what to do so I can implement it my own way. I got you with the pregnant and postpartum athlete course. So I have a product for everybody. Within that, over the past five years or so, these products have developed because I was just trying to take action in little ways. Like I, after I launched the athlete course of the, just give me the basics. Then there was this interest for, can you program for me? So I was doing like remote programming and coaching. I created like a six week postpartum program, but it was, I mean, I was winging it. I did not know how to do anything. I'm like not a techie person as you know, Lucy, but there was such, and I felt responsible because I'm a coach and I get this. And frankly, nobody else is doing this the way that I feel is relatable or resonates. And so how can I put my spin on it, right? There was always pre and postnatal, but not from the voice and example of, of what I was trying to create and what, what was comfortable for me and what I wanted to hear. And so through taking some action with online resources and creating there, but most importantly, getting the, the trust of different high-level athletes and then having them share about what we were doing and why we were doing it, why we were navigating pregnancy differently, why we were doing this postpartum, and then having almost like getting the credibility from people sharing that they were working with me and, hey, this is different. This is different than what you've been told. This is different than what maybe you expected. And this is the reason why. And so I can yell all day about what I do um, and why I do it. But it's so much more impactful when somebody else who has a great reach and influence says, this is why I'm choosing to navigate my pregnancy and postpartum process differently. And I'm working with Brianna Battles or using this program, using this resource. It just it really puts it into a different perspective, I think. So I joined you about a year and a half ago now. And it's really interesting. Like this has been just an amazing journey for me to see the coaches and this movement and the passion behind it, both on your end, but also from all of the coaches and athletes who have had life-changing experiences because of this information and the shift in 
how pregnancy and postpartum athleticism is, is treated. I don't consider myself an athlete in any way, shape or form, but the information that I've learned through being involved in your business and following you has definitely impacted my postpartum experience with my first and my my second pregnancy and how I just view my body. So that kind of got me thinking of like, what do you wish that not just like every pregnant and postpartum athlete knew, but every pregnant and postpartum woman Yeah. What do I wish they knew? Gosh, that there's help and resources that extend beyond just what your doctor or midwife says or what your mom says or what your friend says. Um, There are professionals that are here to support you and give you more context and education about your body. And so my like go-to referrals are pelvic floor physical therapist and working with a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Because now we have so many in so many different communities. And if there's not a coach near you, there is a coach that will work remotely with you. And so whether it's exercise questions or you're peeing every time that you sneeze or you're experiencing symptoms of prolapse where just something just doesn't feel right or you're really concerned about a diastasis and you just need to like not be Googling, we have support for you through your pregnancy and postpartum and then extending that conversation into supporting mental health and referring to a mental health therapist for pregnancy and postpartum even if it, you feel like it's something you don't need, it's, it's a proactive step. Like I just, we get so caught up in our culture anyway, is very focused on two things. They're focused on getting your body back and being a martyr for your baby. And by default, we, we will always love and care for our babies, but we have to love and care for ourselves too. And somewhere in the mix, that gets lost. And in pregnancy, it's like, oh, we're going to prep for all this. We're going to buy this swaddle. We're going to do this, buy this perfect swing thing. Um, <laughs> I don't know, whatever they're called. But we're not really taking proactive steps about, okay, well, if, I, if I'm participating in fitness, I should maybe do it a little bit differently. Or in my postpartum experience, if I'm going to set up something with a lactation consultant on behalf of myself and my baby, Maybe I should also set up an appointment for my pelvic floor with a pelvic floor physical therapist so that my body is healing well too, to help me down the line in my function, my fitness, and potentially another another childbirth. So just getting that help and resources and knowing that there is a, a team that is greater than what we've typically been exposed to. So that's all amazing stuff. And I, I am so passionate about like how this is just like one piece in this massive women's health thing and like we we know that women's health is not what it should be not just in the US but around the world and this is just like one component that is creating more awareness around how we can support women during the season of life and one of the things that you say that that resonates with me as somebody who doesn't consider themselves an athlete but every woman has athletic things that they have to do in their life whether that's carrying a car seat or lifting their child and just moving day to day these little movements have an impact and there are, there are resources that you have that support those small movements as well as going to the gym and doing deadlifts. Yeah, absolutely. So I love talking about fitness and being an athlete as having this top-down approach. If I can work with an Olympian, I better know how to work with a mom who needs to lift her stroller without pain. If I can try to get somebody back on the competition floor, whatever that competition might look like, I have to be able to, in the very same breath, coach a mom to manage her pelvic floor symptoms, 
when she needs to carry her baby around the grocery store all day or whatever, you know, like we have to have this approach where I can shift gears as a coach and know how to do both and how a lot of the same principles apply, regardless of what the athletic demand is. A lot of the principles really are founded upon the same things. And I think getting that information out there is is important too, because I think my definition of an athlete is a person who is experiencing fitness across a spectrum of interest and ability. And that looks different for everybody. But as a coach, if I'm working with women, I need to know how to support them. Absolutely. Okay. So let's talk a little bit more about the launch of this podcast, the Practice Brave podcast. You shared a little bit about uh, what Practice Brave means to you, especially as you were thinking about getting pregnant with Chance. Can you like elaborate a little bit more on, on what Practice Brave has grown to mean to you and not just to you, but to like your community and the movement that you have? Yeah. I mean, I couldn't have planned any of this, right? Like when I think about if I would have been asked at 20 years old, if I would ever want to be a business owner, that would have been a a no way. Right. But I think that now that I've grown up into the woman, I'm really, I'm trying to become all of the actions were just brave choices. And it was practicing it and not having this perfect outcome every time, but of getting feedback every time from the choices that I was making, from the chances that I was able to take both in business, in my personal life, as a mom, and then as a leader. Every single growth opportunity was born from practicing a brave action and a brave decision and even a brave thought and saying, I am good enough. Practice brave is the counter to imposter syndrome, right? Like it's not about being brave. It's just trying. It's taking a chance and knowing that if nothing else, it's going to give you excellent feedback. I love that so much. So what can the listeners expect to take away from this podcast? Yeah, so I'm really excited to launch a podcast and it's been something, it's been this quiet whisper for a long time now. And I was finally like, okay, I cannot, can't shut this up. I know that this is the next step for me because I have so many things that I want to say. There are so many conversations that need to be had and do it in a way that's maybe not really being talked about. And not just with pregnancy and postpartum, but in a lot of, you know, complementary topics to coaching, to fitness, to body image, and honestly, to getting in so many different people on this podcast to share their expertise, because I want to be the best referrer (laughs) of Like if I don't know a lot about something, I know somebody who does know a lot about that topic. And I want to bring those people to the table and give them an opportunity to use their voice and share because I know that there's so many different topics that will resonate with the audience that I think that we can cultivate here. So I'm just excited to bring voices and experiences and trustworthy education and information here because I'm so tired of so much of the BS that exists in the health and wellness and fitness industry. And I want to create, I want to stir it up a little bit. And in a way that I think will really connect with anybody who listens to this podcast. That's amazing. I know that I'm, I'm looking forward to 
uh, <laughs> learning more and hearing all the interviews and seeing where this podcast goes. Brie, thank you so much for sharing your story. It's one that, I, you know, it's not the first time I've heard it, but it always uh, moves me when I, when I do get the chance to hear it again. And uh, you've created some amazing resources for so many women and created this amazing movement by practicing Brave. And, and that's just incredible. Where can uh, people go to, to sort of find out more about you and your resources and start to learn more about pregnancy and postpartum athleticism? Yes. Okay. So I tried to make this so simple. Well, not me, my, my team, but we have every single resource and product that I have on my website, which is www.briannabattles.com. And that's Brianna with two ends.com. So I have five different resources for pregnant postpartum athletes and coaches, whether it's wanting to know how to make adjustments to training during pregnancy or it's wanting to know all things about diastasis, or it's wanting to understand how to not pee when you when you jump, or whatever. I have a resource that is just a free ebook that you can download and read. And I also have the products, whether you're an athlete looking to know how to navigate training through pregnancy and you want to follow a program, or you just want the basics, I have products for you there. If you're a coach or practitioner and you really want to be the game changer person in your community, Uh, please become a pregnancy postpartum athleticism coach. We need you and your community needs you. People will never stop needing this information. And if you're postpartum and just feeling lost and wanting to get guidance on how to reintegrate back into the kind of fitness that you want to do, I have an eight-week postpartum program that really helps connect rehab into your typical training routine, just dialing in that foundation. So I have everything, all the resources there on my website. And it's just one click away. So that's where you can find me and on social media, which I'm sure is where most of you uh, are coming from anyway. It's just at Brianna.battles and the brand Instagram where we share about what different athletes and coaches are doing with the pregnancy and postpartum athleticism movement is at pregnant.postpartum.athlete. Do people say dot or do they say period? <laughs> I, I don't know. I think I say dot. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, that's where you all can find me. I am so grateful to be starting this podcast for you guys to be here. And I would love it if you could pass this on to a friend that you think would benefit from hearing some of the messaging and information that will be delivered on this podcast. I am with you. Brie, thank you so much. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Make sure you head over to my website, www.briannabattles.com and find my free and paid resources and make sure to connect with me on Instagram at brianna.battles. Talk to you soon.